Hi, and welcome to Belated Binge, The Office. I'm Zach, your host, revisiting some of the most iconic series in recent memory that I nearly missed out on, like The Office, which I didn't watch until, like, five years after the last episode aired on TV, and at least, like, a year of my coworkers saying it was the best thing in streaming. Now it's been a few years since I've seen it, and we're going to go through the Superfan Edition. Today, we continue Season 1 with Episode 4, Alliance. Dwight and Jim make an alliance, and that's explained not really at all. But Dwight is really into it until the end, when Jim needs his partner in the alliance, then he's not. The Belated Binge Podcast. Before we get into it, there will be spoilers. This series wrapped up in 2013. If you haven't seen it by now, you're even later than I was. And there will also be adult language. Use earbuds as needed. Shout out to the bonus binge squad of Alex and Katie. For your own shout outs and access to bonus episodes, join patreon.com slash belated binge. Link in the show notes. Episode 4, The Alliance. Or just Alliance. Um... Is it the Alliance or Alliance? I should probably look that up. I don't look up shit on this podcast. Uh, it's it's in my notes from when I watched, or it doesn't exist. That's just how it goes. Uh, but this is in my notes. Scott's thoughts. Brief words of wisdom from the mind of Michael Scott. Probably. What better way to get people to like you than a surprise birthday for nobody? As long as you write a killer quote in the card. So Dwight opens the episode, and it's about his nerdy password protection, and and Jim guesses it right twice, immediately. Who knew that Dwight was a Lord of the Rings nerd? (gasps) Everyone. Everyone knew that Dwight was going to be a Lord of the Rings nerd. And that's not shade at Lord of the Rings nerds. Cheers to the nerds. I literally have a Harry Potter podcast. Just saying. So Michael comes in. And he uses this, we'll call it slightly inappropriate, bored supermodel analogy to tell Pam to smile when she answers the phone. And this is, this is actually brilliant from a writing standpoint and a, and a character standpoint and a scene standpoint and, and a show standpoint. This is actually just flat out brilliant. So this is why I say that. One you have the you have the cliche, right? And I know any anybody listening to this that identifies as female knows this one like I don't know, like nails on a chalkboard probably where it's the guy trying to flirt with the girl and the line is you should smile more or give me a smile, or some bullshit like that. See, as a dude, I've probably said this before, and here's the thing, I'm going to tell you this now, we don't think of it that way. We actually think that you're going to think it's cute if we tell you to smile, and you smile, and we compliment you on that smile, and everybody's smiling, and they feel better for that five seconds. And that's not how women take this. They hate it so bad when guys tell them to smile. 
And so you know that there's a bit of that in this writing where Michael's telling Pam to smile when she answers the phone because, yeah, guys, particularly like middle-aged white men telling younger women to smile, there's a creep factor to it too. But ironically, in this context for this show, this is actually a fair point by Michael. Pam is the receptionist for this office. She's the first person a customer or potential customer hears when they call the office. She absolutely should sound pleasant. But, of course, it's Michael. So he botches the delivery completely. And now, now we're waiting on the phone to ring. And we're just staring at it. Just staring at it. Super awkward. And one thing I love about this show, particularly as it goes along, Michael's character arc, is that he's an idiot in a lot of ways, but underneath that, there is heart with this character. And once in a while, he surprises us by being completely right, completely normal, and completely competent. You can actually believe, somehow, that this guy has the job that he has, and that he's actually good at some of this stuff if this wasn't a caricature that we're watching on screen. Um, And this isn't exactly one of those moments, but it's kind of the first season version of it. His character certainly changes as the early episodes go on, and it makes a big difference in the show. And right now, he's not quite where he winds up, but this is kind of the gateway type of moment to where he goes. He has a legitimate point and feedback for Pam as her boss, It's just delivered in a this guy's an absolute idiot kind of a way. But Pam should sound pleasant when she answers the phone. And if smiling when she does it it makes that happen, then maybe she should try that. (laughs) Maybe she just needed somebody other than Michael to say it to her. And it's not... I've heard this before. Um, I can't remember... I'm having a hard time remembering whether it was when I was working in customer service or when I was working in radio that somebody did, they made this suggestion to me because I tend to be, I have a little bit more of a of a laid back um, delivery and tone sometimes, particularly when I was younger. Uh, my my boss at the radio station used to, used to joke with me about uh, how I would just get stoned in the parking lot and come in the building because I was just so like laid back and chill when I talked back then. And uh, for the record, I I wasn't stoned. I just, that's just how I like talked and and delivered and spoke um, and carried myself, I guess at that time. And um, a thing for me in radio was learning to project my voice and learning to talk with a little bit more energy in my voice for a radio delivery because, you know, I was talking in between songs and I was supposed to sound a little vomity, you know, like radio jockeys do between songs. They sound a little bit vomity into the microphone. I mean, obviously that wasn't what I was told to do, but they did want me to project and be a little bit more energetic and i believe at one point in time they said try smiling when you're talking because that'll help bring up the energy uh so that i didn't just sound like you know i used to 
I think I would, you know, I would just kind of talk like this, like a lot. And it wasn't intentional. This is just kind of how I, how I talked. I just kind of did. And nobody, literally no one in the world wants to hear this into a microphone. Not you right now. Not anyone. Especially for my job then, which was to try to get you excited about, like, some event going on or at least the music that you're about to hear. Nobody would listen to this. You've probably already turned it off. But if you hadn't, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And that's sort of what kind of feedback he's giving Pam here because she's answering the phone. Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam, I hate my job, I hate this place, why would you ever want to buy paper from us? And you can't have that when you're the first line for a potential customer. And Michael knows that, he just, you know, he's Michael, and he sucks at a lot of things. And he's kind of dumb. And it just is what it is. So, now, tangent aside, apparently Dwight is the fridge police, because why wouldn't he be? And this is an underrated duty in the workplace. Kudos to you, Dwight, because people will leave science fair projects in an office fridge, and it gets fucking disgusting. But, similar to Michael, a well-intentioned and needed act is botched. Because it's Dwight. He throws away Jim's lunch. And did you catch this? When Jim comes up and confronts him, he says, You threw away my tuna sandwich. Bank that one. If you haven't seen the show before, earmuffs for about five seconds. Do you remember when Ryan mentions that Jim has the same ham and cheese sandwich for lunch every single day? And even when they go out to eat, he orders a ham and cheese sandwich at lunch. Like, this is, it becomes a thing for him, but not yet. I guess he's still refining his palate down to ham and cheese because he was going crazy today. Tuna. Anyways, welcome back to the people who didn't want any kind of spoilers. Um, and apparently Dwight also likes baseball. Or does he just like bobbleheads? I guess they kind of are like the the sports version of action figures. I used to have headliners. Um, And if you're unfamiliar, what headliners are is not like a bobblehead. A bobblehead is kind of, it is kind of big and it's got the giant head and it bobbles around, you know, bobblehead. That's not what a headliner is. A headliner is actually really small. Uh, Most of them anyways, they're really small. They're like, I don't know, like two inches tall. And the body is, like, teeny tiny, and then they got this little, like, giant head, this plastic giant head that is supposed to be, obviously, the the recognizable part of the player in which you bought the headliner for. And then his little teeny tiny bottle, body, sorry, body, in his uniform. Um, I say his because all of the ones I had were, were from male sports. They, they may have them for female sports. I don't know. I don't even know if they make these things, period, anymore. But I had... A ton of them. I think they're still in a box. My dad might actually have them stuffed in a closet somewhere at his place. Anyway, um, Dwight corners Michael coming out of the bathroom about downsizing, which leads to Donald Trump jokes in Michael's talking head or his one-on-one in 2005. 
quote-unquote, he just makes people sad. And I'm going to leave that there. I'm going to let you take it wherever you want to in your own mind in 2023. But I clocked it. (laughs) Uh, Dwight then feels left out of the water cooler gossip. Of course, the the uh, the cut that he sees is Jim at the water cooler because we're in episode four and we can pretty much tell that this dude Jim would rather be doing absolutely anything other than selling paper. Except on diversity day when he's trying all day to make his one big sale of the year and he doesn't sell that paper either. So what does Dwight do? Dwight pulls the water cooler by his desk so he can be included since he brings his own water to work. And this would be sad and make you feel empathetic towards Dwight. He just wants to feel included. But he's Dwight, so it's just another funny dumbass thing Dwight does. And now Michael has decided that morale needs a boost, so he wants to throw a party. So we're going to have a party for the closest birthday that we have, Meredith, next month. And we get introduced to the party planning committee. Phyllis, who has no confidence at all. We've got Angela, who thinks that green is whorish. And we have Pam, who would love to be anywhere else. And Michael wants ice cream cake. Meredith is allergic to dairy. But it's not just about her. So Michael's getting his ice cream cake that he wants. Yeah. And here it is. Dwight brings up to Jim that they form an alliance because of the downsizing. And I had completely forgotten that this was Dwight's idea. In my head, it was always a prank that Jim started. And this is so much better. Jim obviously accepts immediately and just let the chaos commence. Prank engaged. By the way, he says he doesn't know what it is, only that he thinks it has to do with Survivor. This dude watches trading spouses, but not Survivor? No way. No fucking way. No way. He does convince Dwight, though, that he's talking to Pam for the Alliance. And this is what we're doing all day. And it's going to be great. And on the the other, I guess you could say, B-plot of the episode, Michael is obsessive about what he writes in the birthday card for Meredith. Obsessive. It's ridiculous, actually. He just puts, he thinks that people actually care about things, and they don't, but he really, really cares. Uh, and Jim keeps pretending to be working on this this alliance angle, even though he has no idea what the hell Dwight is even talking about. But he's he does a great job playing along, and he gets Dwight all like worked up about it. And this is how Dwight's nervous breakdown will happen. I'm convinced it's gonna happen in like season three. Dwight's gonna end up having a nervous breakdown. Now, okay, I should, probably shouldn't say that. Uh, he does get Dwight to 
to pretend he's smoking in the parking lot. <laughs> they meet outside and they're, you know, he's getting he's getting Dwight all in a huff again. And he's like, all right. And he, <laughs> they can't go inside together, right? So Dwight's going to wait a couple minutes. And Jim's like, yeah, pretend you're smoking. <laughs> Why the fuck? Why? Why would that even be a thing? But Dwight does it. He stands there awkwardly like he doesn't really know if this is something he's supposed to be doing. And he's like pretending to smoke a cigarette. In the... It's hilarious. Um, And now Oscar's going around with, I don't know, C plot, D plot, E plot, whatever minor plot you want to say for this episode. He's going around asking for donations for his nephew's walkathon. And Michael starts making fun of everyone else who made their two and three dollar donations, and he pledges twenty five dollars. And he's still obsessing about what to write in the card. And that's gonna come back. But for now, Pam is all over this alliance prank. So Dwight can overhear about secret meeting notes and stuff, because she would be in the meetings with Michael. She would. Yeah, he, she's, I guess she's receptionist slash Michael's assistant because she's in those meetings, like taking meeting notes. Again, I'm not sure that that's a thing a lot of times, like your secretary also being the assistant actually in meetings, because if she's in meetings, she's not at her desk being the secretary or the receptionist. I don't want to make, I don't, I don't want to offend anybody in that, in that job um, that line of work, uh, they're, they're just words, um, but yeah, that, that, uh, that duality of her position doesn't make a ton of sense to me, uh, but she's, she's got Dwight all over it, and now Jim has a new goal, getting Dwight to say immunity, and we cut to Michael, who makes Toby cross out his birthday card message because he said something funny that Michael wanted to say. And this is how he's spending his entire day. And I also think that this is... I think this is where, like, uh, where... Potentially where where Michael's hatred of, uh, of, uh, of Toby begins. Anyways, Dwight tells... Michael about the hysterectomy because that's what he's going to write in the card and then Dwight also asks if he gets him a joke for the card will he grant Dwight immunity from downsizing and Jim's days made already he had that goal and it came true in about four seconds and Jim also convinces Dwight that there's going to be a secret alliance meeting in the warehouse and they go down there to like scope it out and Dwight climbs in a box and makes Jim tape the box shut. And Jim's like, oh no, what? And Dwight's like, I'll cut some holes in it if it'll make you feel better. I'll be fine. And this is, it's fantastic. Um, but back up in the office, you know, Michael's still trying to come up with something to write in Meredith's card. It's a super long montage before the big surprise, which... Meredith is confused as hell about because, again, her birthday's not for another month. Phyllis still isn't stoked about the colors. We've got a fat joke with Kevin having two pieces of cake, which kind of sucks. Um, Michael is obnoxious about how great 
his party is and how great the ice cream cake is and rubbing it in Meredith's face about how she can't eat it. And Michael's just the worst. He even said he'd kill himself if he was allergic to dairy. And I, I, I submit to you Exhibit A for why Michael sucks in this first season. Like, this character really does just suck. Anyway, Pam initiates the 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 plan or i guess not initiates but um takes it to the next phase of her and jim's plan she goes down to the warehouse and she fakes a phone call right next to dwight's box about an alliance or whatever and dwight is like losing it and pam can barely keep her shit together um and about this point jim reveals to michael that the donation that he made for the walkathon is per mile. And Michael is not stoked. And he wants to change his amount. And Oscar calls him cheap for undonating. <laughs> Which is kind of hilarious. And Michael finds out that the kid did 18 miles last year. Which, just for funsies, let's do this. Um... I'm pulling out my phone with my calculator. $25 times 18 miles is a $450 donation from Michael, which is awesome. Well done. Dwight Dwight births himself from the box like an alien cutting himself out of a host, which is exactly what I wrote down in my notes when I saw that. So have that image. You're welcome. And Michael gives Oscar more shit about the donation thing, trying to make it sound like it's Oscar's fault for not making it more clear that uh, that Michael's an idiot. <laughs> and and now Michael makes Meredith read all of the birthday card entries out loud so they can hear what's the best thing in the card. Nobody laughs at Michael's. And he goes into this list of things that he didn't use Nobody's laughing then. And Meredith actually starts crying, and Michael calls her unprofessional. Did I mention that Michael sucks? He's the worst in these early episodes. And he tries to get the room back on his side by trying to flaunt his donation, and he never had the room. He doesn't have them now. And he tries to start his own slow clap. Nobody claps. And while this... All this shit is happening. Um, Ryan, the temp, back in the corner, mentions that it's actually his birthday. But please, please don't tell anyone. And now the end of the episode, Jim and Pam are laughing together about convincing Dwight to dye his hair and spy on the other branch. And Roy walks in on this. And... Look, I Roy sucks in a lot of ways, but like I get it in this instance where like he's walking upstairs after working all day in the warehouse. He's coming up to pick his fiance up to go home because um, it's the end of the day. And what he sees is like Jim and Pam like cuddling and like holding hands and like laughing and giggling and shit. And, like, I get it where he's like, what the fuck is going on here? Now, it's Roy, so he reacts in a way that's, like, ready to fight and is super territorial and, like, 
toxic masculinity, but like I understand why he would be uncomfortable about what he just witnessed. He just goes about it in a very Roy d rage way. And Jim is he's losing it. He's he's stumbling through trying to like make it make sense and trying to explain it and he tries to like talk about this alliance thing and Roy has no fucking idea what he's talking about and he's and Jim calls for Dwight's defense. He's like, Dwight, you know, tell him and Roy's like, what the, what's he talking about? And Dwight just looks and goes, I have no idea. Alliance broken. Alliance broken. And now Dwight has his one-on-one with dyed hair. And he says that Jim learned a lesson. Jim, yeah. uh, Jim pokes his head in and goes, what lesson? I know you watched it too, but it's funny. It's a great way to end an episode. Uh, And Michael sucks and Roy sucks and... What Jim and Pam are doing is not appropriate. And that's pretty much where we leave it off. So, here we go. Super fan or super fraud. And I don't have much here, so I think that you're probably going to have a lot to make fun of me for on this one because I struggled. Um, What I have is... I have to believe that the original show cut some of Michael's scenes trying to come up with a thing for Meredith's card. I just can't remember which ones were not in the original. And I am I do not remember Jim making Dwight pretend to smoke in the parking lot. I have no recollection of that at all. Uh, I'm thinking that that had to have been an extra scene as well. Um, and there's probably some stuff during like the party a few cuts that got cut out and I just but I just I had a really hard time with this one because everything that happened like was either I had a vague recollection of it enough to think that it was in the original or like there was or I just didn't remember enough of the episode to begin with I don't know but I do I do think that this is a good episode it's a classic Michael episode um I'm I'm definitely a huge fan of the walkathon donation like plotline. I think that's really funny. Um, I think that I, I mentioned this earlier. I think this that's actually I think that this episode is actually the the true birth of Michael hating Toby with the card thing. Um, and I want to say and I don't like I said on I don't know I I say so many things. Um, but I but I do want to mention that. Uh, I think I heard on Office Ladies podcast, the one where the actresses that play Pam and Angela are doing a podcast, um, they had Steve Carell on, uh, who plays Michael. I want to say that it was actually him, and it was in this episode, now that I really think about it and make smoke come out of my ears, that during the scene in the office when Toby's like trying to write stuff in a card or whatever... Michael looked at him and was like, I hate everything that you are right now or something like that. And that like that kind of was the birth of it. So while we did get in diversity day, we had Michael just immediately kick Toby out. Um, I think that this this card thing is actually where it's like the moment where Michael decides that he just hates everything that Toby is. Uh, His sheer existence is just an abomination in Michael's head and in his world. Uh, and that's going to be a fun side plot to monitor during the podcast. How does Michael's hatred for Toby develop and escalate over the years? <laughs> Tune in to Belated Binge to find out. 
Uh, before we wrap things up for this episode, let's rewrite The Office. Episode 4, Alliance, What If Michael Knew It Was Ryan's Birthday? The questions from these episodes will be shared on social media. You can follow at Belated Binge across TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's also an exclusive Facebook group for listeners of the podcast. The best responses will be included in a future episode of this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, Rebinging the Office, Super Fan Edition, give me a follow. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening on. I'd also uh, really love it if you would check out the other binges I'm doing on the channel, Sons of Anarchy and Harry Potter. Um, you can visit belatedbinge.com to find links to, well, everything. Uh, you can also leave a voicemail with your own thoughts, and you can check out patreon.com slash belatedbinge for bonus episodes and other benefits. As always, thank you so much for listening and telling all your friends how cool they can be too if they listen to Belated Binge, The Office.